Welcome to Level Up with Sherelle and Danny. We're here to help you take your health, fitness, and mindset to the next level. It's time to level up. Hello and welcome to today's episode of Level Up with Sherelle and Danny. Today we have another Q&A. Mm. But firstly, before we get into the questions, we really want to bring up something that's been um, shared on the stories this week. And we're so How excited good. to see them all. The old Spotify stats, like it has blown <laughs> our mind how many minutes and episodes you guys have been listening to. Like, thank you. Yeah, I was I was laughing about it with Luke and I was like, <laughs> Luke, someone's listened to us for thousands of minutes. And I sat down and I figured out that I was like, whoa, that's like two whole days of listening to us talk. Whoa, that's more than he'd ever listened to you. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, but big right. shout out to Gemma who started this trend. Go you, sis. And we've also got some people in the leads as well. So 2,780 minutes is in wow. the lead at the moment. Shaborn Hattersley. You're yes, legend. So- Two, seven, eight, zero minutes of us, Sherelle. Wow. That's a, that's a lot of words. So big shout out to you. And, you know, if anyone else has um, exceeded that amount of time, tag us. Ooh. We'd love to see it. I doubt it, though. Competition. I really doubt it. And Lisa Rasmussen, Rasmussen, 10 episodes in one day. And I had a chat to her. She was in the car the whole time. What a car trip. 10 episodes. That <laughs> is hell. That's insane. So Drive thank you, Brisbane. everyone. It's I know. Really cool. Oh, how good. I'm excited to get into it. The questions that we're getting come through are just so much fun and so awesome. And I love that you guys, like I've noticed from when we first started to now, the nature and quality of the questions have improved as well. People are really like thinking outside the box now and, and the language has changed. So as we always say, please keep them coming because we love answering your questions. Yeah, most definitely. And I think, you know, when Danny and I come onto the podcast, we want to give as much value as we can, but it's really cool to hear from you guys to see what exactly you want to know, because we're just guessing. We just wing it. We just rock up and record an episode. But when we've got questions coming through, it's really nice to know that we're delivering that value personally. Yeah, for sure. So let's get into it. Are you going to do the first one? Sure. So this is Ella Fitzpatrick and she wants to know a day in the life. What do both of you do on a regular day? Ooh, who's going to start? You can. I'll start. <laughs> My days are, so it's different now. Um, obviously that lockdown's done. So I'm being a little bit more social, but let's talk a, a standard Monday to Friday day. So my days are quite organized, you know, me with my Google calendar. Um, so basically I've pre-planned my meals the night before. So food isn't really on the fly. I know what I'm going to eat the next day. In terms of waking up, so I wake up quite early, about six o'clock. If the magpies want to wake me up earlier, sometimes it's five o'clock and I'm shaking my fist at them, but it's okay. The earlier I get up, the more time it is for my just space before Mm. the phone starts ringing, before Mm. the door's knocking, everything. So I do my morning rituals, whether that be just have my coffee and not, and just switch off, write some goals down. That changes every morning, depending on what I feel like. Um, generally I go for a walk as well. Just, I'm really loving getting the steps in now. Mm. It's so good. So the first part of the day is for me. Then I get into, it depends if I need to be in pro raw or not. So the gym, um, then I start work. I might have a couple of things or emails in the morning before I train. And then I train generally around 10 30 till lunchtime. So I love having a meal or two in before I train spend two hours just not in a rush, getting my activation, getting mobility, coming up with new exercise ideas, 
train and then just work pretty much the whole rest of the day, whether it be making content for social media with patients in the gym, my online coaching clients, my online Zooms, whatever comes up, that's that's the breakdown of it, to be honest. Yeah, nice. It's cool to have that, um, you know, some structure, but then some flexibility to your day, especially yes. when you're doing sort of your own thing to be able to have certainty and uncertainty, which we've spoken about. Yeah. What about you, Sherelle? I know this year would have looked very different to last year. So what have you sort of mapped out for yourself? Oh God, it's so polar different. Even the start of the year, you know, obviously everyone knows that I was like shift working. So I had like schedules for each sort of shift, like whether I was working an AM or a PM or a night duty and my day would look vastly different. But now I have a bit more control and I was thinking about it this morning. It's funny how when you think that you might have more time or more control, it's still just as hard or just as much effort to get your training in, to get your nutrition done. And, you know, I've just dabbled in a meal prep company for the first time ever. No way. Yeah. So it's, yeah, no way. Um, (laughs) So it's so funny that I can get through full-time shift work, full comp preps, all these sorts of things. And now that I'm doing my own thing, I'm like, I've got no time. (laughs) It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, my days are very different and I love structure, but I also love just being like, do what feels right today. Like, what do you feel like needing you need to do? So for example, when I was um, shift working, lots of stress, I would always have to do, um, have that power hour in the morning if possible. I'd get up at like 4.30, even before an AM to make sure I could have that time to get my meals sorted, just to get everything ready. But now I've really been loving sort of waking up and just having like 10, 15 minutes to have a coffee, reply to DMs, get straight back to people um, and then just start some work. So I'm really loving just getting straight into work, getting it going while Luke's still asleep as well. Because I feel like I get so much done in that 5.30 to 6.30 bracket. Yeah. Um, And then I sort of have a little mini break, have brekkie with Luke, go for a walk, reply to DMs, um, all that sort of stuff. And then I smash out a couple of hours of work in the morning and then I break and train at about 9.30. Yeah. Um, And then when I finish my training session, I feel like I've been so productive and I've gotten Mm -hmm. so much done. Uh, And then I come back, have lunch and then... And I just work for the rest Our of the day. Our days are the same pretty much, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. So I love training in the mid-morning. It's like yeah. my prime time. Um, and it took a little bit of time for me to not feel guilty that I was like training and being like, oh, I should be working. It took yeah. a bit of time for me to adjust to that. But now I'm like, no, no, no. Like this is part of the job. This is yeah. part of the business. Like, you know, I'm creating content. I'm doing yeah. my things. It's it's important that I can give back. And I encourage my clients as well too. Like have your phone on airplane mode. Like don't message around. Like stay focused in your training sessions. Make time mm. for it. Prioritize it. So it's yeah. important that I do the same as well. Um, Particularly those in the fitness industry, you know, our image and our training and our knowledge around fitness and health is our job. So we need to prioritize that because it's so easy to prioritize everyone else, like all your clients first, and then your training falls to the wayside. Mm. Then all of a sudden you're not that person that people aspire to be, not saying that they are, but, you know, we have to set a standard for ourselves. So if we let our training fall, then why would our clients like prioritize it? And the guilt does come in, you know, coming from your crazy hours being a midwife and then me always being at uni and there's always something to study and do, Mm. you can feel a little bit guilty. But this lifestyle that we have now, we've spent 
decades orchestrating it and earning the right to be this flexible. I mean, the amount of times that I had to train at 9 p.m. or 4.30 in the morning just to get it done and I didn't have time to do all this stuff and chill out and go to a coffee and get a coffee and do online work. Like we formulated this through hard work, through discipline. Because I know a lot of people say, oh, I'll just be an online coach and then I can go to the beach and do all that. <laughs> yes and no. But you, if you want to do your own thing and be an online coach, your work ethic has to be disgustingly like full on. Like yeah. you have to know when to push hard, which is most of the time, but then earn that right to pull back and change your days around. Um, yeah. it's, it is possible though. Um but yeah, so don't listen to our days and be like, oh my God, damn it. I, I, I get up for work at 6am and I don't get to be as flexible as them. Well, mm. put in the work, figure out the kind of lifestyle that you want and then make it happen. That's yeah. what we did. Yeah, 100%. I couldn't agree mm. more. Like, I don't know how many times like flogging myself training through night duty just to get shit yeah. done. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's still, like I said, like, it's still no different. Do you know what I mean? Like you st- I'm still just as time poor. The time's yeah. never the problem. Um, it's just about how we schedule and prioritize things. And, you know, yeah. to lead from the front, you've got to practice what you preach. So, you know, it's really important to prioritize those things. And that's exactly why I sourced out a meal prep company because I was like, okay. I can't believe it. Cause I've, I'd always have one. And then you're like, no, nah, I like cooking my barramundi and I watch you on your stories and your salmon. I'm like, yeah, I do cooking. like cooking. But I do Matt, love cooking. To wake up and all your meals are in the fridge. Fuck. Oh, I can't even believe God. it. Like when the box was on the doorstep, <laughs> I was like, is it Christmas? You have is a moment Christmas? with the box when it arrives. It's just such an emotional. Me in the box. Oh, uh, <laughs> I want, really wanted to try some stuff now before prep started because I'm like, yeah. geez, I'm too busy now. Like, can you oh, just Prep's going to start soon. It's yep. December. Yep. The show's in October. I'm so excited. I know. Guys, oh, oh my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> two years prep, off it would have been. Prep series, two freaking years off. Two years. Yeah. You know what, though? It doesn't, like, I feel like, you know, especially competing at the pro level, you know, time more time is always a good thing and i'm grateful for that time it just goes so quickly even when they um announced that the show was going to be in october and not april i almost like was let a big sigh off because i was oh, just, yeah. just so busy with business and i just um couldn't imagine getting ready in 20 weeks right now i'm no. not i'm not um i haven't had a pre-prep but i like to have like a pre-prep pre-season mm. um before i get straight into a prep obviously so it's really nice to have that extra time Oh yeah. And, and being a pro show, you need to come in more conditioned every time. Like this yeah. is, um, Oh, I'm so excited, but yeah, no chance I would have done it if it was in April. Yeah. So it's worked out. All right. It's worked out perfectly. Cause obviously we can't travel internationally. Right. So we get like one shot, like Eminem, one shot. one opportunity. Oh, stop it. We've got them. We've both been rapping to Eminem. I've noticed on our stories. How if good. I, he would have to be my number one on Spotify. I'm going to have to check that. Yeah. You'll have to check it. How good. <laughs> All right, um, we answered that. That's our day. I think we did. Yeah. Just just the PM. Maybe we should um maybe we should recap. So at oh, night time, yeah. um at night time I always um, make time to have dinner with Luke. I really think that's, that's nice. important to be able to have meals with people and pause and you know 
I would refuse to be one of those people like scoffing a meal at the desk, like yeah. getting back. Well, to now work. that we had um, Abby on and she taught yeah. us not to do that anyway, I've caught myself exactly. out. I'm like, mm, step away from the computer. Yeah, yeah. It's really important. I love having that time with people being able to like just eat a meal, fucking yeah. cutlery, you know, knife and fork play. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so simple things. Um, yeah. And then I'll usually, you know, Luke will play the Xbox for an hour and I'll just finish up, wrap up work, emails, and then I'm dead off the computer by like 8 p.m absolute latest i might yep. be just emails last email or something like that even then i'm like absolute latest and then shower um read a book i've almost put my morning routine at the back end of the day nice. now that i think about it like i like to read a book do some journaling um a bit of my own study it's really when i sort of um dabble in like you know learning more about training and stuff is it nighttime mm. reading more training stuff um cool. but yeah and then get to bed early by 9 p.m <laughs> How good. I've been so cheeky lately. I've been getting to bed so late. And every time 10 p.m. clicks over, I'm like, oh, my God, my growth hormone's being emitted, but I'm awake (laughs) and it's fucked. The more you know, sometimes you can do your own. Like some days it's been 11 p.m. just because I'm loving switching off and being more playful. Mm. And that's what I'm working on with Michelle because I'm doing her Art of Noticing course and Game Changer. We had to identify parts. And my leader, work, dominant, I call it the lion part. That's been in full force all year. And I've got some really cool shit done. But now I I want the monkey part to come out. So that's my playful and all of that. So I've sort of just been, I've been working still the same amount, but then compromising a little bit of sleep just to maybe go out and see friends or have another walk outside now that it's lighter. Um, Mm. But it's been, it feels nice actually, just to have that self-awareness of, okay, what have I spent a majority of my time doing all year? And that's obviously with lockdown, very structured routine, bed this time up, whatever. And then to sort of allow more flexibility, I'm loving it. Mm. You wouldn't know me, Sherelle. Normally I'm the one who's just Google Bloody Calendar. Hell. But yeah, it's it really important. Good. Like when you're doing a job that like what we do requires so much creativity and, yeah. you know, it's it's something that's taken me a while to get used to, even programming, right? Like there's a creative yep. element to it and I can't just sit here because, for example, I would watch Luke sit and do reports all day, right? Mm. Like just smash them out and it made me feel a little bit like, inferior of like not being able to do that I was like I just can't concentrate and do that why can't I do that and it's just because the work is so different so when you're doing something creative when you're like demeaning on like your you're in flow yeah yeah Mm. you know you I need to be able to break that up I need to be able to go outside and skip for five minutes and just like do some other stuff and distract my brain or yeah when I go to another gym right for example training in new environments I think of something creative or something different with an exercise and I'll be walking listening to a new podcast and I'll think of a great caption or something will inspire me and it's really important to bleed that in and not get too stuck and paralyzed by routine Yeah. And we have to, for the nature of our work, for someone in admin or an accountant, numbers driven, great routine structure. That's their analytical mind in Mm. check. Um, But then for us where it's, yeah, creative, like we're all creative, but in, in our way, um, as you said, you know, coming up with content for, for me now with my seminars, learning how to speak properly in front of a big audience, since they're all taking off, I've had to say, right, I can't be seeing people every day in the clinic. Um, so I've sort of limited that down and then just Mm. left space in my day. And it doesn't mean that I sit on the couch doing nothing. It's like, well, cool. What comes up? So I'm taking a bit of a leaf out of your book. 
Yeah, 100% leaving space is really important. And, Mm. you know, that's definitely something that I've been able to do the last few weeks, just with the way Mm. a few things have been structured. And some of the ideas and the thoughts that really come up when you do leave that space is like second to none. It makes you think, well, this is so fundamental for progressing in business and in everything else. If we don't have space for creativity, you know, we can't grow. Yeah, yep. And you have to earn that, I suppose. But um, Mm. here we are. Before we get into our next question, we just wanted to let you guys know about a podcast that we both love called The Mind Muscle Project. Now, Sherelle, you've actually appeared on one of their episodes. Yeah, it's one of my favorite fitness podcasts. I absolutely love listening to it. So they have over 250,000 downloads a month in over 103 countries. Yeah, it's been around for a really long time and they put out three shows a week. That's fantastic. We think you guys would really love them. So please make sure you head over to the Mind Muscle Project podcast and give them a listen. And make sure you have a listen to my episode as well, of course. Of course. All right. Let's go to the next one. Stuart Brazen. Brazen. How do influencers maintain their low body fat to show abs all year round? We mustn't be influencers because, mate, I haven't seen my abs in a long time. <laughs> yeah, see you later. See you um, abs. It's a- it's a really good question though, because I think a lot of people do, and we spoke, we've spoken about this a few times, how like a leaner yeah. physique is definitely, um, you know, put up on the pedestal these days, but what is lean to one is not necessarily lean for another and vice versa. Some people can maintain um, definition in their abdomen or legs or whatever it might be um, a lot easier than someone else. And I think we see it in influences because a lot of people do believe that their body is their job. And we know that like, I'm not a fan of that statement. I don't believe that my body is a job. I believe that the the things that I do and the discipline that I that I have and the practices that I adhere to demonstrates and has um, influence and impact and inspires people. It's not necessarily the image that you have, mm. but it's a dead think- end because one day you might get pregnant or you might hurt yourself or this or that, and then yeah. all of a sudden you don't have your business anymore. So yeah. when I because I used to want to. You know, we all back in the day, I was like, yeah, I want to be on Instagram, be shredded and post videos. And A, that doesn't pay the bills. B, there's no authority in that. And C, it's exhausting as all hell because, yeah, you always have to try and look your best, quote unquote. And mm. then as soon as I realized, mm, nah, that's not for me. Cool. What's next? All right. Let's get real passionate about a topic like you sharing our views and keep studying and helping others. No matter what we look like, it's not going to be the end of the world to, mm. to an extent, to an extent. Yeah. I'm all about health. Like as long as people health. are healthy, I don't care about their fucking body fat percentage, to be no. honest. But I think um, obviously a lot of people that um, can maintain a leaner body composition grow more rapidly on social media hate to break it but that's, that's how the they truth. become quote-unquote influencers are they having influence um or are they making impact they're two very different mm-hmm. things so you know don't get swept up too much in looking at people's core because some people can have abs and carry a hell of a lot of body fat around their quads, glutes, hamstrings, and all those sorts of things. So where people um, store and distribute their body fat, um, you know, we shouldn't put them under the influencer bracket or, or put them up on a pedestal, so to speak. 
Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, throwback photos. I know I used to do it as well. The old throwback um, Thursday or flashback (sighs) Friday or, you know, that's what happens. And I've spoken to some photographers and, um, you know, people have been like, oh, my God, I need to take so many photos for the whole year's worth. And I'm like, oh, God. You know, and um, we've all been caught in that trap, right? Like, don't oh, get yeah. me wrong. You still love doing, I still love doing photo shoots, um, especially around comp. It's fucking exhausting. Yeah. You were so tired. Yeah. Like, it's Which so, we're going to talk about. It's one of the questions, eh? Yeah. You're so tired trying mm. to squeeze in all those photo shoots. Mm. And I look back at the photos and I'm like, oh, I'm so proud of that. Like, that was a yeah, good accomplishment. Yeah. Um, but I also, like, I'm doing a photo shoot in January, like, and I'm going to be in my off season. Like, I hate right. the terminology photo shoot ready. Like, you are photo shoot ready whenever the hell you want to be. It's yep. not, you don't need a body fat percentage to do a photo shoot. And you don't mm. need to cram all these photos when you're shredded. Because then people are going to expect that you look like that all year round. And that's exhausting. Yeah, exactly. But um, also we've got to take into account, is the athlete natural or not natural? Are they an ectomorph where they just are a lean person? Um, But, you know, I want to give people credit. Some people are very diligent with their nutrition and training protocols, particularly the top tier level athletes. You know, they don't budge. They go on holiday. They're tracking macros. They 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 stay on point, and they've earned that right. And and that's brilliant. My hat goes Mm -hmm. off to that. Um, For you and I, Sherelle. Um, and particularly as a natural athlete, I mean, natural athletes can stay lean, but you've got to have the discipline. Um, but for me personally, I know that I don't want to live a comp prep lifestyle all the time. Not only it's not as fun when you want to socialize uh, for hormones, it sort of ruined me a little bit um, now that we're good. But then also I like being a bit thicker. And if I want to grow muscle for my next show, got to put the weight on. Yeah. Got to put the weight on. You can stay lean, but it's not optimal. It's not the best way to do it because, again, in this sport, you know, you need to be able to put on body fat to be able to put on muscle, to be able to live a normal lifestyle and separate the two as well, to go from, you know, there's no off season, but there's definitely a time where you should pull back and allow your body to put on body fat. And I guess the difference is, is how much body fat your body needs is going to differ from person to person. Yep. So I couldn't maintain freaking 12% body fat. My body wouldn't nah. like that at all. But some other people can, and that's their, their body fat set point. So yep. it's it's actually, you know, you can't compare yourself too much yep. because what's lean for you is it may not be for someone else, might be their maintenance. And that comes down to hormonal profiles and genetics and lifestyles and environmental factors and, and like so many things out of our control as well, not just discipline and Appearance. Yeah, just take it back to how you're feeling as an individual. You yeah. know if you're letting your discipline slip. I know in lockdown, those like ice creams and all that. And I, I wouldn't say that that's a bad thing to eat, but I'm like, look, this is going to make me happy right now. I'm going to eat the damn ice cream. But then, yeah, I wasn't as lean and I didn't feel good. So then I'm not saying that's a good thing. It's how you feel within. If I had eaten all the, eaten that in a good headspace, which I do now, like I had ice cream over the weekend when I traveled and all that, like freaking fantastic. So it's about the headspace that you're in at that point in time. I, yeah. Are you not as lean because you're letting yourself go and you're covering up, you know, your emotions with food? Or are you not as lean because you're just at a different phase of your life right now? Yeah. That's 100%. where you got to um, bring it back to. 
completely agree. You know, and this ties in beautifully with the next question um, from mm. Beth who asked, what are typical changes slash scale increases to know if you're in a calorie, if you're in the correct calorie surplus? Mm-hmm. Advice on where to start with calories when going into a surplus and how high to take them? Good question, Beth. Mm, start really conservatively I'd say yeah start conservatively and I like to like just say you're coming out of a diet like mm. you've just finished your diet like obviously you're not going to go straight into a surplus because it's just going to undo all your results and what I usually encourage is slowly build up your calories and everyone reverse diets differently depending on you know your coach's protocols I guess yep. I like to get people up to maintenance sort of you know within four to six weeks usually yep. I don't like to spend too much time in a deficit it's mm. unnecessarily um, and then I usually advise people to sit at maintenance for a period of time to establish that, to make sure it's the correct maintenance, to, to counteract for everything and live normal, get balance back. And then, you know, after a period of time, then go into a surplus. Yeah. And how much of a surplus you need is going to differ from person to person because it's not just about looking at scale increase. It's about looking at body composition as well. And yes. this is why it's really important to have, uh, I guess an objective and a subjective eye, um, not just from yourself. It's really hard coaching yourself, speaking from experience. Mm-hmm. It's it's a lot easier to have um, a coach to remove your emotional bias, especially in a surplus, because you're going to have fat days. I can promise you. Yeah, yeah. And it's important. I think waist measurement is always a really good measure as well as photos because, yes, the scales might be going up, but then if it, if if you can keep your waist generally, you know, smooth sailing and not too much of an increase you know that you're Mm. actually building a little bit of muscle and it's not just you know fat um fat gain so use your measurements use your photos use how you're feeling start conservatively as you said you keep them in maintenance for a little bit naturally because you're going to probably be um moving less a little bit as well you're not going to be training as full on or as many steps or cardio and all of that Um, And then just, yeah, keep increasing based on how you're feeling really slowly. Yeah, Mm. And I like to shoot for like, if someone's in a building um, phase, I like to shoot for maybe like a one to 2% increase um, over like a month. Like you never look at a week, like losing body fat is, is um, so much easier to track and to measure than what it is to look at muscle mass. Mm. Um, Because training is obviously a huge thing that you've got to look at as well. Whereas with body fat loss, it's very much predominantly your nutrition, right? Like Mm. 99% of it um but i like to look at you know about a one to a two percent total increase in body weight over the course of a month and make sure there's an appropriate rate of gain so that's probably going to be literally like one to 200 grams on the scale um so it's really important to that's why look over three or four weeks of data rather than being like, oh, it's not enough. I'm going to increase again this week. Like just take it slow. And you usually only need like five, 10% calorie increase, which is going to be like a hundred calories. It's very, very insignificant. Um, The one thing to look out for that I feel um, where a lot of people go wrong is they think that they're in a surplus, um, but you can get what was spoken about with Luke, which is an inflated surplus. So when you feed someone X amount of calories, they move more and therefore they burn it off. Yeah. Yeah. And that's me. Like I'm borderline ADHD. I move around. So (laughs) I go into a surplus, um, you know, you've really got to have that eye and be like, okay, am I just burning this off? Because sometimes I can increase calories and lose weight. I'm like, this is bullshit. Yep. (laughs) Yep. 
For Why sure. is this happening? Um, but I will say, like, once you go into a surplus and you spend a good period of time there and you build a good amount of uh, muscle mass, you know, you don't generally have to be as aggressive or as prolonged with your surpluses in the future when you have built that underlying muscle mass. Yeah, because then it just turns into body fat. Well, it really depends on on the variables. Everyone's so different. Like, if you're the type of person who you've been, I wouldn't say deprived, but you've been in a um, deficit for a long time and maybe 100, 200 calories isn't enough because you're just famished, yeah. eat more, do it yeah. faster. If you are going on a holiday and you don't, you, you're just done with it, all right, be smart with your choices, but have a little bit more. It just depends on you as an individual, really. So there's no real correct way to do it. You just always have to be self-aware. Yeah. And I would say like, get a coach for a surplus. Yeah. If you're dedicating yourself to a build, like I would have a coach help me with my training, looking at my technique, assessing my intensity in the gym, um, having an objective eye is so important in a surplus because, um, and more and more women are entering in surpluses and becoming curious about it, which is awesome. We know how to diet, right? Like a lot of us know how to diet. The dieting's the easy part, (laughs) to be honest. Mm, it sure it's is. the surplus that's hard the mind games the uncertainty yeah. but i couldn't think of anything worse imagine now we've had two years off didn't put on any weight or we did but it, we didn't train well and then we look exactly the same on stage i oh. would that would just be the worst thing <laughs> what a waste back. of time <laughs> you know so you, if you if you're a competitor yeah. You yeah. need to take your building phase seriously because a lot of people say, oh, I'll just hire them, hire a coach when I need to diet down again. No, 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 no. hire no them now, way. put in the work now. Do you want to look the no. same next time on stage? Hell no. So mm. now. <laughs> and I like to encourage people as well. You don't need a coach just for one extreme goal. Like you don't even need a goal to have a coach. Like you don't need to have like a show in mind or whatever. If you want to get educated, if you want to learn different processes, if you want to try different styles of training or just learn from someone more advanced or whatever it might be, you don't need this hierarchy goal that people think they do. They go, oh, yeah, but I don't sort of need to lose body fat at the moment. It's like maybe you need to grow muscle. Whatever you want to do, someone can help that process and speed it up for you. Or are you a trainer in the industry learning how other people run their online business, you know, hire Fantastic. people to learn yep. what to do and what not to do, to ask yep. questions that you're not going to learn in your cert three and four because you won't. <laughs> yeah. I had someone on the phone and <laughs> um, they, who I signed up, and then um, she's like, yeah, I just done my cert four. I'm still waiting to learn something. Like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, I can't okay. believe it hasn't changed. Or someone earlier today was like, yeah, I'm doing a uh, guy, he's like, I'm doing my cert four um right now and they're still basing the nutrition off the 2008 food pyramid yeah can you believe that yep mate yep i can remember it like yesterday i remember i was like right like you know a couple of years ago when i was like right i'm gonna start getting into this health and fitness thing a bit more (laughs) seriously i better do my third three and four as everyone does and look you do need it right you you need need it you need it yeah you need it you know your base bickies you need it but going through it i was like this is demoralizing i'm actually unlearning the education I already know. Yeah. And I was like arguing with my um my oh, preceptor. I was yeah. like, because I'm the sort of person like you give a multiple choice and I will find every summary answer <laughs> to or article to support each of those in some format. Yeah, exactly. You know, I overthink everything. I'm like, yeah, but it could be this. Yeah. This was, it's like, Cheryl, just pick the most obvious one. You're like, it can't be that. That's too stupid. Like, it can't be that. 
can't be right. Oh God, back to basics, right? But get the paper and keep learning. Get the paper so you can start learning. Yeah, okay. Yeah, get the paper and start learning. Well, that's my goal with my courses now. I sort of want to reinvent the wheel on um, what people learn and add sort of my spin into my seminars and all yeah, that. So it's, it's cool. Really and then important. you with your women's health stuff in the future, like we're coming, we're coming. We'll we're rewrite all... the cert three and four. <laughs> that's it. But it, yeah, it's really important to start with and then you can actually, you know, double in the actual courses that are up to speed it's just so back um backwards at the moment but Mm. it's the unfortunate reality yeah well I mean we only learned by getting out there and aligning with people who are are leading their field and doing our own research and no one's made you can't make that like no one's made that into a course yet so that's Mm. the problem no one's really been out that long I like hung out with the people that we're hanging out with and learning from and no one's made it a course so that's it yeah yeah um, and trial and error that's a lot of it you know like i've been through every freaking fad diet under the sun i've worn the waist trainers i've done their 45 like i've done everything yeah it's through trial and error that you figure out what works and what doesn't and for some people as well like some of those things do work really well so placebo if someone is if someone has a waist trainer on in the gym and in their mind they think they're going to have a better session and push harder then technically the placebo has worked no, it doesn't actually change your body composition. But the fact of you, if, you're, if you've got one on, you're like, I've got my waist trainer on, I've got a new song on, I'm going to push, then yeah. technically it works indirectly. Yeah. If it works, it works. And look, if you've got yeah. a waist trainer on, you probably can't fill your stomach with food properly anyway. So Yeah, and your ribs are all crushed and your, your organs. So take it God. off. Anyway, that's a whole <laughs> other episode. Take the Move damn on. thing off and, yeah. Move all right. Um, Victoria Hemmings. Could you please do a podcast about photo shoots? Great. So we already segued that in um, before. I feel like that's an area that's not really talked about. What do you do? Is it weird? Is it fun? Both. It's weird and fun. No. When was your first photo shoot, Cheryl? Um, It was that Sydney trip that we went down together. Yeah, where we first met, where I slid in the DMs and one of our um, mutual friends, you know, that was my first photo shoot. And I still remember, oh, my God, I look back. You look sexy. (laughs) (laughs) No, but, you know, it's so cool to look at your evolution in front of a camera or in front of your confidence. Like, I'm a big believer in photo shoots, like are so good for building confidence and putting yourself out there. It's not just about creating content. It's about feeling beautiful in your skin and being self-aware and practicing body positivity as well. So that was my first photo shoot. And like I said, you look back and you laugh and you're like, you need so much direction at the start because you don't know your body. You know what you're doing. I think competing really helped. Um, You know, you've got to focus so much on your angles and how you can position your body and not even that your facial expressions like it all does bleed over and that's why I do like to shoot going into a prep yeah so I can re um you know you've got to have another persona like in front of yeah on the stage so it's about tapping into that and getting direction from different photographers and stuff as well and Mm. I think there's a really good art to it um I'm doing a photo shoot with um Nelson in January that I was talking about with um Mm. click you know Jackie yeah okay yeah Yeah, yeah. great. so having a stylist is what I usually recommend for people for first timers because yeah going back like in hindsight some of the first outfits 
Oh, God. God. If you could have a stylist, though, to put things on you that you wouldn't even think of it, that know that look good on you, yeah, would just save you so much time, so much stress. And they're like your cheerleader as well. Yeah. Like Jackie's amazing. She'll be like, fuck yeah, baby, you look so good. Twist a bit more, do this. And like, that's what you need. Yeah. With photo shoots, you need a cheerleader or a friend or like someone to egg you on as well. Particularly when you're starting out. Yeah, that was my mum at the start. Um, Because yes. I was prepping for my first show. And I wanted to practice by doing a photo shoot because I feel like if you're dabbling and in the idea of wanting to do a show, do a photo shoot first because you still diet down. You still tap into that persona. As you said, you get used to having the eyes on you. You're not in front of a mirror posing like you're out in the open. Um, mm-hmm. My first one was in the garage because <laughs> we had the bricks. Like, my, But mine was like a masculine one with the weights because oh, yeah. that was my comfort zone and my stage poses were my actual poses. Mm-hmm. Like, But I'm glad it happened. I had a top on from Kmart, a crop top and my runners and God, yeah. it was – but you just do it more and more because I remember physically looking into a big lens used to trigger me. Like yeah. I used to just freeze and get nervous whether I was speaking into it, posing in front of it. Mm-hmm. And then I realized that I'm like, no, I need to practice that. And yeah. then I, oh, I'm addicted to the feeling of tapping into that alter ego. Like with my Angel Riley shoots, there's, oh, there's she's my favorite. And mm. like, there's so many amazing photographers out there, um, which, you know, we could spend all day mentioning, but yeah, just they were some of my favorite shoots. But what I did differently, A, you're just used to shooting and, and you get to know your body and your poses, but having mm. that that alter ego, but then it, it's kind of you. It is you. Mm. It's a part of you that, that comes out, you know. Put your favorite song on that gets you in the zone and then just yeah. you have to feel like the hottest fucking person on that planet. You do. It's, like, yeah, it's and it, it takes time because so many limiting beliefs pop up, mm. but – just remember the work you've done. Don't yeah. compare yourself to anyone else. This is your shoot. There's only one version of you and just own it because yeah. any thoughts that you have in your mind is reflected in your eyes and your face. That's yeah. what I learned. As soon as you learn to shut off the ne- like limiting beliefs, then you can really enjoy the photo shoot. Yeah. Oh, we need it. Yeah. And that's why I think like, you know, like just a few things off the bat, like having, being comfortable with your photographer, like obviously you don't know your photographer, but for example, um, like Sean Poe, who I love his images and he's so humble as a person. Mm. I, you just, I just rock up now. I know him. I'm comfortable. I'm straight in my zone. And obviously you got to do that when you don't know the photographers and that's a reflection on them. They work hard to make you feel comfortable as well because it does reflect, but feeling comfortable not with them but with yourself and I think that mm. comes down to why I love having a stylist because yep. they can if something makeup look artist good, yeah and you make up your hair if something doesn't look good they just put something else on you know if you've got an insecurity they can help you work around it or they can boost your confidence or that ego that we need you know yep. you can tell them to change the song you, you know you just yep. get you generate like this own little aura of doing things and being present and yeah you know, when you're wearing something uncomfortable like you automatically feel like lack the confidence so that's yeah. why like you know the setting that you're doing all these sorts of things but I also think as well like I've done so many photo shoots where I've been so uncomfortable just because mm. like the street in LA right I remember um doing oh. a photo shoot with um Emma Attard from oh, I love her yeah. yeah oh yeah 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 okay yeah in this like like um tight like red um freaking play suit thing and these big heels in the one of the main streets like off um the beach what is it oh wow um, 
what I think I know yeah. LA. Yeah, yeah and like just the people watching and I was yeah. like oh my god and people were like whoa you know you go girl yeah but I'm just like oh my god this is mm. so funny so good for your confidence yeah yeah <laughs> everyone gets around it but again, yeah, it's your true. thoughts. You can't think because you're always out in public. When I remember um, Alyssa, who we had on, she did a shoot um, recently in Melbourne, and this same guy walked past like ten times. <laughs> like just uh, people, you j- it's always yeah. out in the open somewhere, pretty yeah. much. So you just got to embrace it and say, "Yeah, people are going to be there. Just own it, man. Yeah. Like own it." And the more uncomfortable like positions that you're in or settings that you're in, oh, you can't breathe. The, the better the photos, though, as well. well. Like if you can breathe properly and you're not cramping in a photo, you're not doing it properly. Yeah. Like you need to hurt yep. for it to be a good shot. Like you really do. And and like when we um as you mentioned earlier, when you're competing at mm-hmm. the time, you cannot be bothered oh my god you can barely keep your eyes open of course when you look back it's like I'm so glad I did it but the reality of it yeah all those hot sexy photos if oh. you're doing it just before a comp you're tired you're depleted you want to eat your own mm. arm off um and all of that so don't feel like the whole photo shoot life you just rock up and you're lean uh. and you're tanned and oiled up and you know you're just having the best time and and yes you might but on the inside you're twisting you're cramping your calf cramps because your toes up like all of these things that's the actual reality of a photo shoot (laughs) yeah I'm always really reserved and conservative about when I book photo shoots around a show because I'm very mindful of um you know I've had back injuries in the past I'm very mindful of how much my back can tolerate with the twisting I people don't if people don't um quite understand stands like you really got to get that full rotation of rotating around everyone has a side that they favor as well so generally the mobility in your thoracic is not the same on the other but you still got to work on it and then you got to think if you've got two shows we've got a morning show and a night show as well it's a lot of stress on the body so I'm like "Mm, okay if that's his only time slot and it's you know the day before the show in the evening it's not worth it for me um that's fine so I now usually only book one, maybe two shoots in the week of yep. my prep and I always leave the day before. And then if I can get a run afterwards, that's fine. But I don't stress. I really like shooting the weeks leading into that for that reason, for practice, comfort. Yep. I've still got like some good amount of calories in me, some energy. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, it's a nice way to boost up your confidence too. I think it's a nicer look. I mm. think having a little bit more body fat on you, looks nicer for a photo shoot yeah you can create curves and I think that's what people think they go oh I've got to diet down it's like no no no, that's okay let your stylist like just work her magic and like direct you with poses if you need help um you know I can get a great glute shelf when I got some more body fat there so it's it's not a bad thing at all I really encourage people to do it and I had a client recently who um has been coaching with me for a little while and she wanted to do a photo shoot and like we spoke about it whether dieting was appropriate or not and we decided no that we would just wrap her into a photo shoot in a like a normal healthy way at maintenance and she looked incredible because Mm. she was had the energy she had the confidence and then after that she was like wow like these photos are really nice and I can't believe I didn't have to diet down for it and I think it's so nice to do that like you don't have to be comp lean or shredded to do a photo shoot Definitely no way, don't. because if you're super stressed about how you're looking, that stress will be brought out in your face and in your body yeah. as well. You know, we hold more water when we're stressed and all of that. Um, so, yeah, it really just depends on the type of photo show, shoot that you want to do. And 
I don't, yeah, I, I normally do one on maybe the Thursday if the yeah. show's on Saturday or the Sunday, mm, you Sunday's know, and, and generally, yeah, the next day you've got your stage tan on, you've had extra um, carbs and fat, so you're a bit fuller, the veins yeah. still come out um, if you have veins. Yeah, or or do a building season one as well, and I think my, my favourite ones have probably been in the building season photos. It's just because they're fun, so it's fun. sexy, it's, it's like curvy. Or not. It's like Reggio night, you know, you go oh. there and you've got so much energy because you're not dieting. That's what like a photo shoot equivalent is. Do you have energy on Reggio night, the night before no, the show? I'm saying like when you're not dieting. Oh, oh God, that Friday night. No, I love, we love the WBFF, but the Reggio night when you're that close, because you, you wear a nice dress and it's a beautiful thing. But by the end, I'm like, oh, I'm yep. done. You're like, wrap it Get up, me, Ari. I'm, I'm ready. ready. To, I need, oh, God. And then my last photo meal. Shoots. Man, I really want to book one now, actually. That's how I met Shari, Wait, one of my best mates. She did my makeup should... for the first time. And that's I vibed with her so well that we became best mates. Like Danny, you should shoot with me in January. It's one month away. All right. Sorry? All right, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> All right, we'll next see. one. All right. Um, is stretching beneficial? The golden question. The is golden it, you know, question. it used to be like everyone was like, oh, I don't do my stretches though, so I deserve this. That was sort of oh, the, the amount of times like, I get that in the clinic. Yeah, I should do yeah. my stretches. I feel like that is just like one of the most common phrases. It always makes me think, like, what stretches? What for? What are you doing it for? I wonder mm. what you think is beneficial about it. So mm. I used to think that too, like, oh, at the end of a workout, I always must stretch, you know, well, I must cool down the body in a stretching sort of way. And even like coming from a sporting background, netball, yep. all right, warm up stretches, girls, yep. you know, even um, like, you know, football, um, like stretching your hamstrings. And we know oh, that that sort of leads to more injuries. That's the worst thing you can do. I know. So it's really important to understand that like stretching is not superior to anything. It's like what we've spoken about with massages, I guess, Danny. Mm. Yeah, spot on. So do you want to, let's talk, we'll give it the benefit of the doubt. And, and we didn't shout out this person. So Barkerbrook22, oh, thanks for the question. Now, look, there are some benefits of stretching. Of course, it didn't just come out of thin air and into everyone's mind because even people who know nothing about movement still feel as though that they should stretch. Maybe if they knew more, they wouldn't think that. But anyway, we'll talk about that. Let's say some of the benefits of stretching, Sherelle. Yeah, so I guess we know that like, you know, we've spoken a lot and you guys will be familiar with your parasympathetic nervous system. So like activating that as a part of our rest and digest and calming your nervous system down, stretching mm-hmm. is a great way to tap into that. Um, and that's something that I use it for as well. Like I necessarily don't really foam roll much, but if I want to roll around the foam roller to like unwind and crack yeah. my back and feel good or get a massage, that's usually the reason why I'm doing it. Yes. I'm not doing it for injury prevention um, or anything like that or to cool down. I'm really just doing it to relax my body. Perfect, perfect. The simple act of stopping and, yes, you might be stretching your muscles, but you'd get the same effect really if you're just sitting on the ground, but mm. you've stopped. So that's going to, yeah, slow you down, wind you down. Um, so they're the benefits. In terms of um, injury prevention or you know, rehabilitation. Now, there's an analogy that I always use and I'm so passionate about it because it just opened my eyes to everything. So a lot of people have lower back pain, right? Or tight hip flexors. Generally, the lower back is tight because it is working so hard. Okay, so it's working so hard that it's like it's getting pissed off because there are actually three workers on the job site that are meant to be there. The lower back, the core and the glutes. However, 
Cora and the glutes have snuck off to the beach. They are not working at all. They're weak and they're not working. So lower back's going to get angry. Say, hang on a minute. I'm working so hard right now. When we foam roll, stretch, dry needle the lower back, we are attacking our best worker. Why would the CEO of the company come and attack the lower back for rocking up to work? It will just send everything into havoc because then no one's working. Mm. What we need to do is teach the glutes and the core how to come back from the beach. Stop being lazy. Come on, guys. This is a team here. We all need to work together. And that is through exercise and mobility. Okay, so exercise rehab is bringing your lazy muscles from the beach back to the work site. And then indirectly, we've got all three workers back. The lower back's not going to feel as pissed off because its teammates are doing the job. The end. Perfect analogy, <laughs> the end. I love it. Yeah. Oh. Um, I think, you know, it is really important to understand, like, there are different types as well. You know, you've got your dynamic stretches, which can be, you know, some people feel good swinging their leg That's around. That's more mobility type, really. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't but call your, it a stretch. Mm. Your passive stretches that are genuinely categorized under that stretching bubble um, can actually increase the risk of injury more often than not. And they know this now. There's been a lot of research done on football players with knee injuries and pulling yep. hamstrings. That because I used to um, with Luke used to play um, competitive football and he was really good. Um, but I would like ask them about their training and stuff. And some of the things like a lot of sporting is very backwards, especially like yep. country style football. Mm. You know their their training was just crazy. I'd watch them like yeah. like stretch their hamstrings out to the max and and you know just absolutely flog themselves in a football sense. When you're like, how does this cross over into your sport? It actually increases yep. the injury. And we used to live with um that one of the housemates that we used to live with um you know, very much an ectomorph, tall, long legs, always every season did a hamstring. And yeah. that was his main thing is like, he didn't really train much in the gym. It was always the football training. Cause that's what they did. They'll train like three days a week. Yeah. A lot of it was, they did a lot of stretching and yeah. I was sort of like, did you know that like if we increase the range of emotion at our hamstrings and then you're going out and doing sprints up a hill, like you're, you're actually opening up um, yep. the, the window of, of, potential injuries yep. you know we must strengthen we yep. don't need to to stretch something that it's like a like a band right you're going to keep pulling it's on gonna it. Come back tighter. it's going to come back tighter we need to work out okay why is the hamstring tight i get yep. so many people yeah coming to me saying my hamstrings are really tight and i go of course yep. they are because your glute is not extending your hip yep. your hamstring and adductors on the inside of your thigh are trying to extend your hip mm. um so stretching that out again attacking the best worker is not going to serve a purpose at all we mm. need to learn glute activation. And then yeah. that's why people do their knees. And um, some of the people down at ProRaw who work there have worked with AFL umpires and mm. put in our, our glute work that you and I always talk about. And that has actually um, reduced the amount of knee recos from umpires and players just from Amazing. simple um, glute activation work, which more yeah. people are becoming known about it now, but there's still a lot of stereotypes yeah. that we have to break. And, you know, with, with hamstring stretches, again, I've had so many people say, my back my back feels worse when I stretch my hamstring and I go, okay, can you show me how you stretched it? <laughs> and you bend over, you touch your toe and you pull. And mm. that is so bad for someone with a disc injury yeah. because you are just forcing the disc backwards. Again, it's going to press on the nerve and everything will tighten up. And that's the cycle there as well. So yeah. we don't attack what is strong. We strengthen what is weak. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I would say like a lot of people um, that do experience and you'll be able to clarify whether this is right or not, Danny, but a lot of people that have, you know, tight hamstrings or, or especially tight hamstrings, like they've probably got instability at the pelvis as well. So it's about understanding like what you said, why is this tight instead of, you know, the problem's never the problem. Like we always say, and for example, like my dad's got, um, he's had some like knee recos and lots of Mm. issues with that. And, you know, I program for him on on true coach and, and very much that age group, like, Oh, I need to stretch the hamstrings. No dad, you need to do a single leg bridge. (laughs) We need to, you know, we need to strengthen. We need to do the exercises, the stretching and that sort of stuff doesn't come first. And it's second nature because it's what we are passionate about. It's what we immerse our, our, our PD time and all these sorts of things, understanding more about the body and training, building muscle, you know, nutrition. So it's second nature for us, but it's, Mm. it's not for the general public. And, you know, if you've got parents as well that, or um, friends that, are in sporting and all this sort of stuff it's about a, talking about like addressing these sorts of uh, topics in yeah. a, a safe way like we're not saying stretching is shit no one should do it we're not saying that mm-hmm. it has a purpose for some people if that makes you unwind and relax that's great yep. um, but it's just also about giving them understanding as to why why you feel the need to stretch that's the better question yeah, yeah. So for everyone out there foam rolling, stretching, dry needling their hip flexors, please just strengthen your glutes and core. Your hip flexors, a hip flexor. Yeah, I used yeah. to do it when I was a practitioner. I used to need my own hip flexors, actually. Um, <laughs> but then I'd go back to the same poor movement patterns anyway, and yep. then the hip flexors would just stay tight because not only are they tight because we're always sitting down, they are tight because, as you mentioned earlier, about stabilizing the pelvis, they mm-hmm. act to stabilize the pelvis and lower back. So most people have tight hip flexors leave them alone they're doing their job reward them thank them for showing up now get the guys who are at the beach glutes and core to come to the work site okay Mm. through activation and strengthening yeah absolutely and when i used to have back issues this is why like i would go to the gym and if i did some training i'd feel better and that's when Mm -hmm. i became subject get curious about okay well maybe like maybe i shouldn't be spending my time on a treatment table maybe i should be spending it in the gym instead and it's just it's not until you put all the pieces of the puzzle together that you can really come to these own conclusions for yourself because yeah. you know like what we've spoken about manual, manual therapy has a time and a place for you know certain situations and people yep, but it doesn't have to be one way or the other you can have it all most definitely you can have yeah you can but then i suppose for the short term get manual therapy and and wind down through that for the long term let's be a detective and work out why it's very yeah. much why i don't really do manual therapy anymore but i get a lot of therapists come to me now who want to make a transition um i think covid opened people's eyes a lot of the manual therapists were out of work uh so that's what sort of allowed me to change and have most of my sessions on zoom and all of that and a lot of therapists are feeling inauthentic about being hands-on again there's a time and a place and it's beautiful and i love I was in Sydney. I had a foot massage and it relaxed the crap out of me. It was, it was brilliant. Um, but then for, for a patient, but also a practitioner, just open your eyes a little bit more to the exercise rehab side of it. Mm. Um, you'll be able to go a long way with it and it will allow you to not see the same patients forever for the rest of your career. You see them a couple of times and then off they go. And yeah. for those who are worried about, well, how am I going to pay the bills? If you do such a good job on someone, they're going to tell at least five people. So it always comes back. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. Like, you know, we shouldn't be needing maintenance sessions, no. you know, like maintenance for what? Good movement? Like we need to think mm. about what the what the primary cause is. Um, yep. Great. But I, I hope that answers the question about stretching. Like it is <laughs> beneficial to um, for a, a, a relaxation recovery purpose um, and perhaps some other clinical settings. But for the vast majority of people, you know, I would say that movement over stretching What's our mantra? Movement is medicine. Movement is medicine. Oh, yeah. yeah. That was so, fun. I love these episodes. So do I. So do I. What are you doing for the rest of the day? Um, I have to train, actually. So, yeah, not have to, choose to. Um, uh-huh. I'm so hyper aware of things. The more that you, you learn about language, you just catch yourself on anything. But, yeah, I'm yeah. going to go train a little bit of upper body. Finally hit 100 kilo deadlifts again yesterday. Um, yeah, so I thought... I want to feel strong again Um, through lockdown. It was sort of, you know, just about Mm. uh, building those foundations as a lot of us went, uh, went through, but now, yeah, just upping it. The vibes are better at the gym again and and all of that. So yeah, I'll I'll train after this. What about yourself? Your training sessions have been hectic. Yeah, Eugene and I have been doing conditioning stuff, which has been good because I went through, um, you know, when I went back into normal training after that period of training at home, it was really hard to get back into training. Like I was so weak on the hip thrust. I did two plates each side. That was what I was at. And I was like shaking, like my nervous system was readjusting and adapting. And now I'm hitting five plates and like even now doing this conditioning phase, like I was doing four plates per side for 20 reps continuous. I had more. I did more than weight than him. (laughs) I I out-thrusted him. He's like, don't fucking tell Instagram. I'm like, I won't tell Instagram. I'll tell the podcast. I'll tell everyone on the podcast. (laughs) Thanks, guys. And then I'll snip an IGTV and I'll post it. (laughs) Absolutely. You posted. Well done. Uh, Brilliant. it's been so nice to get back into, like, I just went through a strength block, um, like just with compound more stuff, no barbell work yet, but just doing um, like the glute drive. I've been doing Romanians and stuff like that, but yep. now moving into a conditioning phase. Yeah. It's been good to mix it up and be a yep. fan of sort of variety. And I'll probably do this for another week and then get back into something a bit more. Um, yeah, you couldn't do that forever. Bedroom. Nah, two weeks maximum. So we did um, a 20 by 20 program just for three days of training. It's only three oh, days, yeah. which makes it okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then this week it's been Tabata. So just four exercises. Um, but surprisingly, I've been recovering really well from it. Like it hasn't actually gassed me too much. And mm. like my HRV and everything's actually gone up from having that extra day off. Yep. Um, so, yeah, it's always good to throw in a novel stimulus and try something different. Sounds like you needed it. I think both of us needed a little bit of uncertainty in such a, like, it was an uncertain time, but it was very routine yeah. time. So now, because we're not in comp prep, you get to muck around with your training a little That's bit right. and all of that. But then obviously you said you can only do it for two weeks. All right, rein it in. For me, I'll just keep trying to get strong, still do some hypertrophy work, but I'm going out for more walks um, and all of those things. And then, mm. right, when comp prep comes, we'll really dial in the, dial yeah. it in, but uh, yeah. not for a little while, so. Yeah, a little bit more fun. A um, bit more fun. And then I'm going to get a facial today, Ooh. which is weird. And then I'm going to see Abby, who we had on previously yep. on a podcast. I've got another appointment with her. So there you the go. recording podcast days are like my days off. I like to yep. call. I just get to come here and chat with you and then have a bit of a bit of a gals day. How good. Because if yeah, if we had booked something before and after this episode on a time frame, it it wouldn't flow as well. So that's why, yeah. yeah, keep the days open and and have a bit of fun. So absolutely, maybe we should go. We'll, we'll head off and do all that then. 
We should, absolutely. Thanks for, <laughs> thanks for tuning in, everyone. And we hope that you um, enjoyed another one of our Q&A. So definitely do keep them coming in. Keep tagging us in your stories. I really want to see someone beat the 2,780-minute mark. Ooh, come on. That is tough. And if anyone's got that, freaking gold star to you and a crown on top. But oh. I wonder how many minutes Lisa would have been if she did 10 episodes in one day. I don't know, Lisa, let us know. Let us know, Lisa. <laughs> keen for this. Um, but, yeah, like my story is nuts long. I'm not even remorseful. I'm like, I don't care. People can skip through. I illy you all. <laughs> illy, illy you all. Illy you all. <laughs> illy you all. Um, but thanks again, everyone, for tuning in to another week. We hope you enjoyed the episode. Of course, if you did, please do take a screenshot, tag myself, tag Danielle, and, of course, the Level Up podcast. Thanks, everyone.